Welcome to Eden Speaks. Our prayer for this podcast is that this can be a place of openness, grace, honesty, and connection with our sisters in Christ and any brothers out there who are tuning in. While this podcast is in connection to our women's ministry at Living Word in Oak Harbor, Washington, we welcome everyone that is looking for real Christ-centered conversations. Some of these conversations may be hard and emotional, stirring up parts of us that we would prefer to keep hidden and protected. Ephesians 5.13 says, But everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. Let us be that light to one another. Let's take a step outside of our comfort zone. Let's trust Jesus to show us how to give grace and hope to others, and also put us in a posture to receive it as we engage in a journey of growth. Let's speak the truth of God's word. Let's always speak love. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Eden Speaks, a place of hope, encouragement, and grace. I'm Amy. And I'm Shannon. And today, you guys, we are continuing on in our story series, and we have the lovely Shirley Lamoureux with us. If you remember, she was just with us for our past Eden gathering. If you want to check that out, you can listen to her message at livingwordoakharbor.com under media or under Eden. You want to check that out and listen. But today, Shirley, mm-hmm. you are going to tell us a little bit about your story. Yeah. Okay. I am. Thank you for being here. Oh, you're so welcome. We're Thanks excited to have you. Mm-hmm. Of course. Yeah. As, as I was thinking about my story, I mean, I'm almost 82, so it's a long story. I it's hope I like you at 82. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> so, someone uh, once told me when they had heard some of my story, uh, they said, gosh, Shirley, you could be on Oprah every day of the week. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. She addresses a different subject every day of the week. So, mm. yeah, I could. Mm. So what I want to talk about today is my relationship with my mom. Mm. Many, many people that are here in Oak Harbor that only know me from here mm-hmm. only know the, mm, the really beautiful part of my relationship with mom. Mm. Yeah. We had so much fun. She was upbeat. She was cheerful all the time. We did lots of fun things together. Uh, And so some people are envious of that relationship. Wish I had a relationship like that with my mom. Mm. But what they don't know is that when I was 11, my mom deserted our family. Came home from school. She was gone. No, No explanation. No goodbye. She was just gone. And so um, it was a really hard time for an 11-year-old. Yeah. A lot of tears, a lot of wondering what I did wrong. You know, it was interesting. My sister is three years older, and uh, she was really angry at mom. Mom ran off with a boyfriend. And my sister, being older, understood that. I didn't. I just kept saying, what did I do wrong? What did I do wrong? And I even wrote my mom a letter that uh, if, if she would come home, if she would come home, I would never, ever, 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 ever do anything wrong again. And uh, I'd be the perfect daughter. But of course, I didn't know where to mail it. Uh, I had no address for her, didn't know where she was. And so I climbed up on a hill behind our house and sat on a rock and cried and then buried my letter in the sand under the rock. And it's probably still there Mm. all these years Mm. later. I'm sure it's just uh, disintegrated, but the thought is still there. Mm. And so um, I grew up with this complex of I've done something wrong and if I don't do everything right then everyone will leave me and and so that set in in motion uh, a lifestyle of trying to be perfect Mm. and uh, Mm. that's hard that's exhausting Uh, one of the funny things about being a perfectionist 
is if you're ever around someone else that's a perfectionist and you see that their list is different than yours, you now have to incorporate their list into yours or you won't be perfect in their eyes. And so oh. your list of perfectionism <laughs> grows and grows. Uh, I remember one time I um, uh, went to, I was in some project at the school and I had to take something uh, by a doctor's house. The, the wife was one of my kids' uh, moms of school kids, you know. So I went by her house early in the morning to drop this off. And here she is with a baby in the high chair and she had crumbs under her table. Can you imagine? <laughs> and so I looked down on her because I would never have crumbs under my table if oh, a guest wow. came to my sure. house. Yeah. Which you were unannounced, right? Right. You were an unannounced guest. Yeah. yeah. That means yeah. no crumbs ever. No crumbs ever. No. Oh, yeah. And and so what happened, it made me critical. It made me judgmental, uh, not only of other people. Now, I never said anything to her. Shame on you. You have crumbs right. under your table. But that was in my heart, you yeah. know. And, and so... Um, God set me free from that. Now back to the story with my mom. She was in and out of our lives. Sometimes she'd be there. She was married twice. Never, We never got invited to either wedding. Uh, didn't even know the guy she was going to marry. Um, and so, oh, in about 1993, um, I was on staff at New Covenant, which is now Grace Community. Uh, pastor Tony Nichols was the pastor. I had a very, very vivid dream. And in my dream, my mom called me and she said, help, will you come and help me? It was so clear, so, so uh, strong that when I woke up, when I went to work, I told Pastor Tony about my dream and I said, I'm giving you my notice now because when mom calls me, I'm leaving. And so um, he prayed. He uh, said, uh, you know, I only got two words when I was praying. One was massive and one was brain. That's all I got. I said, okay. So I went on to work. She didn't call. Uh, she did, I went to Mississippi for missions for a while. She didn't call. Two and a half years later, I'm back. I've left the mission field. I'm trying to decide what next to do with my life. And mom calls me and she said, um, OJ, that was my stepdad, has just been diagnosed with a massive brain tumor. Will you come and help me? Wow. I said, yes. So I flew to Kodiak. I spent a year and a half there, uh, full-time caregiver of my stepdad, caring for my mom. And then after he died, we moved to Oak Harbor. Mom and I moved to Oak Harbor together. Mm -hmm. And so I had the next 21 years uh, just loving her, getting to know her, um, having fun with her never really able to talk about what she had done you know uh, it was as though she had no memory of that like she mm. had just kind of acted like it never happened and sometimes my sister and I would be talking about something that happened when we were children and mom would say I don't remember that and we just look at each other like well of course you don't you weren't there you know um but um, sometimes it bothered us that she never mentioned it or acted like it caused harm or anything like that. But we wanted to maintain our relationship with her and love her. And um, she was an atheist. And so I mainly wanted to love her to Christ, you know. And so, um, before she died, and just a, uh, she was really sick. We had a hospital, she was in hospice, had a hospital bed in the living room. 
I had a cot right next to her bed. And uh, she woke up in the middle of the night and she said, Shirley, Sharon, that's my sister, Shirley, Sharon. I said, what, Mom? I'm right here. Shirley, Sharon. I said, Sharon's not here. It's just me, Mom. What do you need? And she said, so sorry for the hurt. All those years later, but she, uh, she acknowledged the hurt that we had experienced as little girls. Uh, and what a gift that was. Uh, seemed like a really simple thing, but what a gift it was mm. from the Lord to me mm -hmm. uh, for her to say, I'm so sorry. You know, she she wasn't talking well. She didn't have a lot of strength, so mm. she didn't go into detail, but so sorry for the hurt. Um, so first of all, I, I feel like this connects to your message from Eat the Eden Gathering mm -hmm. quite a bit, mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. I'm shocked that there was nothing in you that kind of like almost demanded or commanded acknowledgement before this time, before mm -hmm. she mm -hmm. is about to take her last breath, mm -hmm. um, you know, for her to acknowledge that you didn't mm -hmm. seem to. I don't know, what do we want to do as humans? We want to make people pay. We want to, mm -hmm. we want, you know, you to suffer a little bit for what I suffered or mm -hmm. I don't know. I mean, that was not present in you mm -hmm. at all. How, how? I mean, I, of course I know Jesus. Sure. <laughs> but there's got to be more than. Right. Yeah. Well, I think or maybe there isn't more. I don't know. I think part of it was, mm -hmm. was the way my dad handled the situation. I never heard my dad say one negative thing about my mom uh, when she wanted to visit Sharon and I he always let her come uh, he he cared for her he loaned her money well he never got it paid back so it wasn't really a loan mm -hmm. he gave her money he did whatever he could um so that she could have some sort of relationship with her girls. Wow. That was very wow. important to him. And so even did though- you, Did you stay with him? Were you living with yeah, him? Yeah, we, lived, he raised with, you? we okay. lived with dad. Okay. Yeah, we lived okay. with dad. Okay. Um, he, uh, he modeled grace. Yeah, he like modeled it. grace. And uh, I didn't understand the grace of God in that, but as I- uh, grew older and gave my life to the Lord and then began to really see the grace of, that was God's grace. Mm -hmm. you know, that was him. Although I had, I had pain and I had uh, some quirky things about my personality because, because of that, uh, I wasn't an angry person. Mm -hmm. I didn't have bitterness or resentment in, mm -hmm. in my heart. And I really, really wanted to have a relationship with my mom. Wow. So I and Sharon too. Sharon felt the same way. No, Sharon was very angry. Yeah, it took her a long time mm -hmm. to want to have any time with mom at all. Uh, but she, uh, she eventually uh, wanted a relationship with her too, and uh, she had to work through that on her own. That's her own story. Mm -hmm. um, and the, um, the interesting thing with my, my sister has Alzheimer's and she, she still remembers that mom did bad things, but she doesn't remember what mm -hmm. she just remembers. She does remember that daddy was really, really kind. Mm -hmm. uh, so, um, but she remembers that we were both loved by our parents. Yeah. So that's all that matters. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. all that matters. Love covers. Love covers. And I'm, I'm grateful for a dad um, that loved me enough to show grace to someone that had hurt him and hurt, uh, hurt my sister and I. That he, uh, he was an incredible example. He really, really was. Yeah, that's amazing. That. So he knew the Lord too? Nope. Oh, so nope. he had no idea where this was coming from. Nope. It just, wow. 
Yeah. Wow. I got to lead my dad to the Lord three days before he died. Oh, wow. Yeah. I got to lead my mom to the Lord 13 days before she died. So, wow. Yeah. Two of my, two of my favorite, favorite parts of my whole life. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah. incredible. Yeah. Uh, Daddy was a kind, good, loving, grace-giving man. Mm. Yeah. Just didn't know. Didn't Jesus. know the Lord. It was mm -hmm. coming out of him from somewhere, which, yeah. you know. He's yeah. still the child of, right. of the true high king. So that, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I just didn't acknowledge it or mm -hmm. know, it, know it. Didn't know it. Wow. Yeah. Um, I want to go back to the perfectionistic mm -hmm. component. Okay. Um, we do a lot of Enneagram talk on here and we talk mm -hmm. about personality and just kind of um, different things like that. And I, I looked over at AIM with the perfectionistic thing. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Aim, you got any questions? You got any ideas? <laughs> I was just, uh, I was, I was doing that though. Like the, surely the way that you kind of explained it, how when you compare your list to other people's lists and then you add those things to your list, uh -huh. I had never thought of it that way, yeah. but I was like, oh shoot. Like yeah. that's, that's a real Thing. And, and the first place that my mind went was in my, my walk with the Lord, you know, like seeing how other people would do it. Like, yes, I think that we learn from one another and we, you know, we have people around us that, that will influence us and will walk with us in those things. But I could definitely see myself being like, oh, this is what other people do. So I need to make sure I'm doing all of that also, so I can be really good at this you know, yeah. like really good at being a Christian. And so like, that's always been a thing that perfectionist thing has always been a thing for me. And so, um, I, I feel you on, on that part and, and figuring out how to not have that, like check the box thing, like that's still something that I struggle with. And so, um, yeah, that just that kind of, kind of reframing that in a different way, like it really does make a lot of sense for those of us that do, um, have that that perfectionism in us of earning that or um you know yeah yeah and we can carry that over into our christian life because the word tells us to be perfect as he is perfect and so that can justify our perfectionism not understanding what that really means you know oh okay now i have to try harder um i have to do better i have to pray more i have to read yeah. more I have to fast more, uh, and the list goes on. So yeah, yeah. take it out of context. Uh huh. Yeah, we can take it out of context for sure, and and put our own definition of then what that means to walk that out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. But as I say, God has delivered me from perfectionism, mm -hmm. and I am perfectly happy being imperfect now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. I really am. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's still in the process of delivering me from that. <laughs> I'm not all the way there yet, but I definitely will say that I have made huge strides over, especially like the past five years of he's, re he's released me from a lot of that. I'm still working through some of it, but um, I can definitely feel the, the difference mm -hmm. in those moments and um, just being able to hear him urging me in those things, you know, like and just being there to, to carry some of that for me. So definitely, definitely. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting how, like, you know, Shirley, you're saying like, you know, obviously God's word calls us to that in a godly way, mm -hmm. which ultimately means we do nothing, but you're mm -hmm. right. I'm taking out of context. I mean, in our humanness, the best way we know to understand it actually is supported by the why we are drawn to it in the first place mm -hmm. and for you surely that was mm -hmm. the why you were drawn to it mm -hmm. was because okay why well, my belief is is that I did something mm -hmm. I don't know what it is and so therefore I'm going to cover all my bases mm -hmm. so I can I will never do the something ever again so that people won't leave me yeah. I mean and that's still yeah. traditionally I mean, it's not always the only driver. It can be lots of different things, but typically it's there in our humanness, there mm -hmm. is a driver there yeah. that we skew. And then we even take that to God's word. We'll skew that. Right. Mm -hmm. But we're told mm -hmm. that there's nothing we can do to make him love us more or less. Right. And there's mm -hmm. nothing we can do to earn salvation or to mm -hmm. earn, you know, 
ultimately it is just us coming before him being exactly who we are. You said God delivered you. Would you share a little bit about how did he do that? Oh my, that's a whole nother story. (laughs) (laughs) I I was, uh, I was on staff at at New Life Center. Mm -hmm. I was uh, an administrator assistant and uh, still, still, still steeped in perfectionism to some extent, but not to the degree that I was because I, I was to the point I, I would do spring cleaning of my house. I mean, thorough spring cleaning every week. Oh my word. Yeah. Every week. That's exhausting. Okay. Yes. Yes. Um, you could come and eat on your floor. Yes, you could (laughs) because there'd be no crumbs there (laughs) at any time. If you knocked on my door at seven in the morning and I was in bed, by the time I answered the door, my bed would be made. I would make my bed before I answered the door. So you would not see my unmade bed. Wow. Yeah. Even though I probably wouldn't go in your room. No. But maybe. But you might. <laughs> All right. Just you case. never know. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was exhausting. Sure. Oh. So um, I went on a short-term uh, mission trip to um, Cahoma, Mississippi mm-hmm. with uh, World Vision. They were uh, partnering with uh, uh, Habitat for Humanity and they were building homes in a poverty-stricken area in the Mississippi Delta. Uh, this was in the late 1980s and there were m- most of the homes in this little community did not have indoor uh, running water. Mm-hmm. They had a spigot somewhere in the neighborhood where they got their water. Yeah. Okay. Uh, outdoor bathrooms. So we're, I, I go on the short te- term team to help build houses there. And I just fell in love with the community. Um, I went back three months later for another short term. Uh, trip there and really felt um, God calling me there full time. And so I quit my job. I connected with a ministry in the inner city in Memphis, uh, did an internship there with World Vision. And then I moved into this little community in the Mississippi Delta where uh, I knew no one and no one knew me. And so uh, mm. I had, there was no standard put on me. Mm. You know? I didn't have to dress perfectly or talk perfectly or act perfect, perfectly. I could just be me. And that was the beginning of God really setting me free, mm. letting me uh, be in a community where people accepted me, uh, mostly because I loved their children. I tutored the children. I had a tutoring program for the children, taught them to read. And the people in the community accepted me uh, with, uh, with no pretense. And uh, it was... It was a liberating thing for me that I didn't have to worry about crumbs under the mm-hmm. table um, or maybe not have my hair combed perfectly by eight in the morning, you know? Yeah. Um, and God began to show me who I was in Him, you know, apart from all of the Uh, fancy dress or words or Mm. performance or behavior just who I was in Mm. him Um, and uh, it didn't happen overnight it didn't happen overnight it was a process it's still a process I still sometimes find myself being critical of myself because mm. I didn't do something perfectly. Mm. It's a process, Amy. Mm. <laughs> I really appreciate it. Is. I appreciate, I mean, I appreciate that because I feel like, you know, here you are almost 82 mm-hmm. and you're saying like, I mean, it still creeps in. Yeah. It still creeps oh, it in. Does. And it does. Yeah. It does. Yeah. 
I no longer rewrite my grocery list if I misspell a word. That's that's a big step. Mm. You know, I mean, what if I drop my list on the floor and somebody found it and it mm. had a misspelled word? Mm. Yeah, devastating. Totally. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, such a beautiful process that he he created space for you to re get acquainted with who you really are mm -hmm. and created space for that. Yeah. Like I, like yeah. you said, yeah, I love the word you use liberating. It's a liberating experience. Mm -hmm. When you went, mm -hmm. did you know, like, did you have an inkling that that process needed to happen or was it until you showed up and you're like, you know what, actually <laughs> let's redo this whole thing. Yeah. Uh, I had an inkling. Uh, a friend of mine had, uh, given me the book Inside Out by Dr. Larry Crabb. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was at the time doing lay counseling on staff at New Life Center. And I thought, oh, wow, this is a great book for me to use with people that come <laughs> in to get advice from me. Oof. And that's how I read it. And then when I got to Mississippi, that was one of the books I took with me mm -hmm. and I read it. And this time I read it for me and oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. There I was on every page. Wow. You know, on every page. Yeah. Uh, that was, that was a huge part of the process wow. inside out. God yeah. began uh, healing me, uh, dealing with me from the inside out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. um, at the Eden gathering, you mm -hmm. briefly brought up a moment when a gentleman strangled mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. was that on that trip mm -hmm. would you mind sharing a little bit more if you're willing you okay. don't have to but um sharing a little bit more about that now that we have kind of the two kind of contexts to put them together like what what was what happened okay um and you do not have to share <laughs> it, i'm not sure about your question sure so you had shared yeah. that this scenario mm -hmm. had happened and mm -hmm. I can't remember. I feel like when you shared about it, I don't know if it was, if you had shared that you were in the Mississippi Delta mm -hmm. on mission mm -hmm. or what exactly, mm -hmm. but for some reason I was thinking, I wonder if, um, if because we're talking about your journey there and this was part of it and you mentioned it, if there would be like a connection, but there doesn't have to be. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think I did mention mm -hmm. that, that I was there because he was okay. trying to undermine my, my ministry okay. and my reputation there mm -hmm. in this little Was community. he on the team or was no, he in no, the no. community? He, was, he, was, oh, okay. he lived in the community. Oh, wow. okay. Yeah, he lived in the community. He was a young man. He was an alcoholic, mm -hmm. uh, was actually born an alcoholic. His uh, mom used to give him whiskey in his baby bottle oh, to- Oh my goodness. Uh, to keep him quiet um, so he'd been he'd been drinking his whole life he was probably in his uh, probably in his late 20s when when I met him and uh, so yeah he was he was in the community lived there born there mm -hmm. raised there mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. uh, didn't have any children so I wasn't tutoring any of his children mm -hmm. uh, but in that process of God setting me free from perfectionism, which I mentioned made me critical and judgmental, uh, that, that dovetailed into him teaching me how to love people his way, mm -hmm. which is unconditionally. Um, and uh, so it all fit together, wow. you know, all yeah. fit together. Sure. Uh, learning to love myself, but also learning to love other people unconditionally. Mm -hmm. uh, hmm. And so, so yeah, he uh, he came to my door. I had a little little house there in in this community. Came to my door, and not sure why he came. He knocked on my door, and of course, I stepped outside to talk with him. And that's when he tried to where he, he didn't actually try, he didn't put pressure on mm -hmm. my, on my throat, but suggested that he could, mm -hmm. yeah, that he could. Mm -hmm. um, so that was a work and progress of God uh, teaching me to love his way. Yeah. Wow. And, uh, 
it's one of my favorite stories because it was uh, it was a life-changing moment for this young man but it also was for me as I saw the result of loving someone with just a pure love of God Mm. not expecting anything back Mm. not not making demands on someone, not expecting them to be a certain way, but just loving them with the love of God is powerful. Yeah, I mean, that's the perfect picture. Talk about perfect. Perfect picture of the mercy of the cross, the mercy of the Father. Right, yeah. Here's this man, he's telling you, I could kill you right Mm now. Mm -hmm. And yet you're like, yeah. I love you. Anyway, what was what was your relationship with him like after this incident? Were you able to bring him to the Lord? Did he? Did he? Yeah. I, where did we go from there? I, I was. In mm-hmm. fact, uh, he uh, he came out after I my first time I left um, Mississippi and came back to uh, I came back to Oak Harbor, not ever came back to Oak Harbor. Mm-hmm. I was working with Pastor Tony Nichols, mm-hmm. and he came back with me, worked uh, a year uh, at um, Corny Vanderhoot's farm there mm-hmm. on Monroe Landing. Yeah. Uh, my son got to baptize uh, this young man and um, what at, at uh, New Covenant Church. Wow. And then he went back and unfortunately he went back to drinking after he got back. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he has a pretty remarkable, he, he's gone now. He mm-hmm. died of cancer mm-hmm. last year, but he had a pretty remarkable story too. Mm-hmm. Um, he went back to drinking after he got back to Mississippi. One morning, he always started his morning with a bottle of gin, I think, that he had by his bed and he woke up one morning, reached for his bottle of gin, and his arm froze. He could not bring it to his mouth. <laughs> yeah. And he tried, and he tried, mm. and he tried to get a drink, and he could not. Mm. And so it was like, okay, mm. all right, God, I hear you, no more. And the next, I don't know, the next 10 years, he never had another drink. Wow. Yeah. Oh my gosh. The power of the Uh love of Uh Jesus that you're able to pour out and where Jesus met him and all that. And that's amazing. Pretty amazing. One of the things that you said, Shirley, that really stood out to me was in regard to being able to love yourself so that you could love other people more fully. And Mm -hmm. I just think I, I believe that so much, you know, like it sounds like you were able to through this transformation that the Lord walked through with you and you were able to love yourself the way that you were flaws and all recognizing that you aren't perfect and that you're never going to be perfect. And him, like, you know, like taking that veil from over your eyes of like, okay, this, I, I'm a human being and I'm never going to be perfect. And like that, that, that love that you were then able to feel towards yourself, like was just, it overflowed then into this person and to to many other people, I am certain. Um, But I think that that's such an important piece. And I think that's why the Lord does work in us Mm -hmm. so much because we have to, I think there has to be a level of self-love there in order to truly love other people well, because if we're not, then we're going to be in that space that you were kind of referring to of being critical and being judgmental because most of the time that's going to come from our, those, those insecurities, right? Of like, I feel lacking in these certain ways. And so then when we see other people that maybe are doing better in that way, then we don't respond well to that we don't respond with love to that. We mm-hmm. respond with insecurity and then therefore not, not showing love mm-hmm. well for those people. And so I think that, that being able to love ourselves well and be secure in who we are in the Lord then opens us up to being able to reach out to somebody like this man that mm-hmm. somebody else may see as unlovable and unchangeable and unteachable. And he's just who he is and he's always going to be that. But through that love that the Lord 
showed you, you were then able to show to him. And it sounds like it changed his life. Yeah. Yeah. It did. It did. Yeah. Yeah. And encouraging, like, it's just so encouraging to think like, I know it wasn't a small thing that happened in that moment, but like in the context of like in that one moment, that one interaction, Mm -hmm. everything like that could, like, I imagine that was such a pivotal point in that man's life. Mm -hmm. Right. So like just that one interaction was able to change things, but there was so much that led up to you being in that space to be able to do that for him. So it is, it's just like, it's like, that's, this is like a a line of conversation that I love going down. Like it is following the rabbit trail because it just like shows us, in my opinion, the glory of God and how he is in everything. Like when you start trailing backwards, everything that had to happen to lead you to that space, to be with that man in that moment, like God was working all of that for years and years and years, orchestrating you for this one person, because he loved him so much that he wanted you to be there with him. And it just like, it's so mind blowing to me when you really start thinking about that and thinking, oh my gosh, like, so like he is so in everything that we do because he loves us that much. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Shirley, you started this um, episode today about your mom Mm -hmm. and you talked about how then she moved to Oak Harbor and you got to live life with her and do fun things and um, even how you got to lead her to the Lord um, uh, and she apologized um, Mm -hmm. days before she passed. But I was wondering if you would tell us a little bit about, I, I know this part of your story, at least a little bit. Um, so I know to ask, but tell us a little bit about from the time that, um, you know, your mom got sick and then she moved in with you and how you cared for her. Would you share with us a little bit about that part of your journey with her and okay. about your relationship with her? Okay. When she got sick, we were already living together. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, we, we moved, uh, I'm, uh, she sold her house in Kodiak. Mm-hmm. We moved to Oak Harbor together. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, we you were living to, together. Oh, yeah, okay. we were living together. Okay. We lived together the last 21 years. Oh, got it. Yeah. For some reason, yeah. I was thinking that she, okay. No, okay. we lived together the last 21 years. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Uh, we were good roommates. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so does that change your question? No, <laughs> <laughs> no because I still feel like um, there was this time that you had. Um, from the time that she got sick, that was really intense, mm-hmm. um, but also mm-hmm. really beautiful. Mm-hmm. And it, I okay. just think that part of your journey okay. um, and story is is powerful. So I'd love okay. for you to. Okay. Um, God has spoken to me many times in a dream. Mm-hmm. Right after I got saved, uh, I had a vivid dream that it was it was the last day and we were being lifted to heaven. Uh, not scriptural dream, you know, because, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but anyway, in, in my dream, uh, we're with some angel or something, I'm not sure, but he's guiding us this way. There was a, a turn style that we had to walk through mm-hmm. and he's taking my dad that way. Okay. And I said, no, 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 Dad, Daddy has to come with us. And this being said, I'm sorry, honey, he, he can't go. And I said, but, but he's such a good man. He's such a good man. And this being said, honey, I'm sorry, but it's not by goodness that he gets to go with you. Um, and then I've got my mom by the shoulders and I'm shaking her. And I said, Mom, you have to make a decision right now. This is your last chance. You have got to decide for the Lord. Then the dream stopped. I got mm. up. It was 2 o'clock in the morning. I got up and started praying for my dad. I'd spent time praying for Mom, but not Daddy, because, mm. gosh, he's such a good person. Mm-hmm. So fast forward. Mom and I, uh, we've been living together for uh, 20 years. And mom gets sick. She had what they call, um, I, that word has just left me. Mm-hmm, anyway, mm-hmm. Uh, anabolic, no, 
Never mind. Okay. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> she, she got sick. Yeah. She got, she got really sick. Oh. Ended up in the hospital. Mm -hmm. And so she spent 10 months being really, really sick. Mm -hmm. And I was her full-time caregiver. Mm -hmm. uh, she couldn't do, she could barely move uh, from the chair to the wheelchair. We did lots of outings in the wheelchair, shopping mm -hmm. and all of that. Mm -hmm. And so um, one, one night about <clears throat> midnight, she called me. And she said, I just can't sleep, honey. Can you take me out and put me in my recliner? I think I can rest there. I said, okay. So I got her up, <clears throat> took her, put her in her recliner <clears throat> and laid down on the couch and went to sleep. And uh, I woke up about five in the morning and I was really surprised because she usually woke up every couple of hours. I hadn't heard a sound from her. I got up, went by, sat by her chair, and she had had a stroke. And she couldn't move, she couldn't talk. Uh, I knew that she did not want to ever go back to the hospital again. She only wanted comfort care. Mm -hmm. And who better than I to give her comfort care, mm -hmm. you know? So I sat on the arm of her chair and I said, Mom, I have always known it was going to be like this. That I don't know why you turned away from God. I don't know why you're angry at him. But I want you to know that God loves you. He's not angry at you. But this is your last chance. You have got to make a decision today, mm -hmm. right now, whether you will accept God's love mm -hmm. or not. You're not going to have another chance. And uh, up until this time, she could not speak or move. And she nodded her head and said, yes. Mm. That was 13 days before she died. Wow. Yeah. I know. I remember that time when she was sick and just that journey for mm -hmm. you and just, mm -hmm. you know, you know, hearing and loving you from afar and knowing that you were exhausted mm -hmm. and pouring all of your everything out yeah. for this precious woman in your life yeah. and I think the contrast of that willingness mm -hmm. and of that sacrifice mm -hmm. with her leaving you as an 11 year old little mm -hmm. girl yeah. is is really powerful yeah it's miraculous it really it is. is yeah it is and not something you could have ever mustered up on no, your own because no. I think in our own flesh we that's not what we would be doing no no yeah it was definitely a work of God in my heart mm. yeah a work of God no you're right you can't conjure up that kind of love yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Wow. yeah. so beautiful and then from the gift yeah uh, then it was like when she said yes that it opened her ability to talk and then she would she wouldn't be quiet. She talked and talked Yeah, she talked and talked and talked. And she oh. talked about people that were waiting for her in heaven. Wow. Yeah. My my stepdad, uh, who I also got to lead to the Lord before he died. She didn't know that, but she assumed because he was Russian Orthodox that he was going to be in heaven. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My grandma, uh, she just began mm -hmm. to name people that were there waiting for her. And she was excited to go see them. She wasn't afraid. She had absolute peace from that moment until she died. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Jesus. I know. Oh, that is incredible. It is. It is. It's beautiful. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Well, I know that you could probably fill a couple hours. I was literally just, literally, that was what was on the tip of my tongue. Like, we could probably have like a week long podcast episode hearing Shirley's story, you know, the different pieces of it and just the. Yeah. I still have 75 years to tell. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, true. Yeah. 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 You are just such a blessing to so many. Mm -hmm. And 
I know that I have been blessed to get to do some life with you. I'm blessed to do life with you too. You know, it's symbiotic. Yeah. It goes both ways. Yeah. Don't forget that. Yeah. You're amazing. You oh. are too. So there. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so are you in? Yes, you are. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing so with us and for, for asking, you know, me. being at Eden Gathering and sharing yes. with all of us and then being here on the podcast. It's and been, it's been fun. It's been fun. So awesome. Yeah, we just appreciate you so much. And so learn, much we learn so much from you and you're just a great model and a great mm. like encouragement. Oh, good. And like, even good. knowing that, like, you're like, and I still mess with, you know, sometimes I want to be perfect and, you know, yeah. just your honesty yeah. and just like, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a process. <laughs> it <is laughs> it's a process. okay. It is a process. Yeah. 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 I definitely appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. Just that, that okay. little bit of encouragement for me, you know, that I, I don't have to have this all figured out right now um, yeah. and that it is going to be a process that, does take my entire life and that's okay you know because I think that there's there's different growth that we experience at different stages and in different seasons of our life in the exact way that we're meant to yeah um, and just embracing that and not trying to like <laughs> force yeah. it all to happen right now because it's not going to no matter how, how hard I try because it's not my timing that any of this is going to exactly. happen yeah. it's yeah. yeah we just got to submit in that way right that's right embrace the process Yep, for sure. Good. Thanks, Shirley. You're welcome. <laughs> All right. Regroup. Awesome. Regroup. Regroup. <laughs> okay. You like it to leave now or? No. Well, you can listen if you to want it. to, but we're going to just do announcements. Oh, yeah, you can. You can leave. Yeah. No, I don't want to. I mean, to. you said goodbye, right? No. I mean, goodbye to them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it'll only take us like a couple of minutes, but um, I didn't know if you wanted to, because I was, I was kind of trying to read your face. I was like, I can't remember if you said you didn't want to go here or didn't want to go here. So when I said like, you can, if you want, you don't have to, I don't know if you can cut some of that out, but okay. it's totally up to you. If it, I mean, I'm guessing it, it wasn't too weird. No. Okay. No. Maybe you could just listen to it and just be like, cause I really, I was like, do you want, like, I was literally asking, but then I was like, also thinking like, we can break for a second and see if this is the direction. But I had remembered you bringing up that story. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I wonder, and I was, I was like, I feel like this is when this happened. And yeah. I was like, it'd be a great, yeah, you know, yeah. whatever. Right, Connecting right, of, right. Of absolutely. Heard. Yeah, so. the perfect ending. <laughs> Ta-da. Yeah. Ta-da. 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 Um, okay, so Amy, we have obviously Eden Gathering. So this airs on Friday. Eden mm -hmm. Gathering will be the next Friday. Which is the 18th? Yeah, 18th. Um, you can just say sex talks and tell about like, we're going to do it a little bit different. We're going to have discussion tables, like try to kind of put out there a little bit that it's going to look and feel different case there are people who are like, I'm not coming because every single year it's, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, okay. And then the 20, I mean, you can say again, the 25th that we have another podcast. So 11, 18, 25, if you want. Um, Eden Connect groups, I don't know. Don't I don't know if you should mention them. What are we, a month in? When yeah, we, we mentioned it last time and they were already started. So I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah. Not like people couldn't, but. Yeah. Is that it? I think that's it. Okay. That's easy enough. Yeah. Pretty straightforward. Okay. You ready to roll with that part? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, so announcements for what we have coming up next. We have our Eden Gathering on the 18th, February 18th at 6.30. PM. As we mentioned in um, our last podcast, we are doing our traditional February, let's talk about sex uh, topic, like we've done the last couple years. So um, what's that? Why wouldn't we? Right around Valentine's right. Day. I mean, Valentine's Day. birthday is on Valentine's Day. It is. It is. Happy, happy Every single year. Isn't that perfect for uh -huh. Shirley? I know. That's like, just as it should be. 
Yeah. Um, so anyway, it'll. Okay. We're talking it'll, about. Oh, sorry, Shirley. Oh, we're talking about sex. <laughs> I digress. <laughs> we'll look a little bit different than a quote unquote normal Eden gathering in the sense that uh, we're not going to have any worship. We're just going to dive straight into talking about uh, this topic. There's going to be some discussion tables for um, discussion time after each person shares kind of there. We're kind of doing, we're kind of continuing with this story theme. Mm -hmm. um, and um, there'll be a couple of us just sharing our story about our kind of like our sexual history in a sense, not like nitty gritty down and dirty type of stuff, but just, um, you know, that story and what that was like for each of us. And then we'll have some discussion around that. So another reminder, this is not going to be recorded. So yeah. if you, you want to be part of this conversation, you got to be in the room because there will not be an option to go back and listen to it later because it is, you know, it's very vulnerable and, um, you know, just, just one of those topics that we feel like we want to create a really safe space for people to have conversations. So um, that's that. And then we will have our next podcast on the 25th of February, which we'll be kind of digging into that again and recapping and you know, maybe digging a little deeper in certain areas and it'll be a good time. It'll be a good time. Good time. Tune in, show up. Yes. Be there. Be there. Be square. Yes. All right. Shan, will you pray for us, please? Yeah, I'd love to. Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you for Shirley. I thank you for her story today and her willingness to come and to just share her life with us. Um, there's such just a wealth of knowledge and just the power of just the way you've moved in her life in all the different areas. God, we are just so blessed to get to be invited into that and get to just see the fruit of that and to be um, on the receiving end of the fruit of that even. Um, we just thank you for that. We thank you for this time. We pray, Father, that um, these words from today would bless the hearts and the minds um, who are tuning in. We pray that um, you would speak to each and every individual out there based on what's been talked about today and just encouragement, maybe in their own relationship with their own mom or stepping toward um, somebody in a really bold way um, to show the love of Jesus, um, surrendering perfectionism. I, I don't know what you have, God, based on what was shared here today, but we do know you have something because you're always working, always moving, just always pursuing us because you love us so much. Um, Help us to hold still and let you do it. We love you, Father, and we trust all these things to you. We trust our lives to you, our hearts to you, our minds to you. And when we cannot, will you help us? Because we need help. Because trusting is hard and scary sometimes. But we know you're worthy of it. We love you, Lord. We lift all these things to you and pray this in Jesus' holy and precious name. Amen. 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 Bye, guys. Bye.